Welcome to Wallowing in the Shallows, the podcast that skirts the perilous drop-off of a deep dive into television and movies. We are academic nerds aspiring to become TV and movie geeks. There are no spoiler guards in the shallows, so listen at your own risk. This week, join us for a wallow and a Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2 rewatch. Hey, hello, peeps, and welcome to Wallowing in the Shallows. This is Tori. And this is Rebecca, and we are watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 4, Inca Mummy Girl. Inca Mummy Girl. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot wait to get your take on some of this stuff. I have questions immediately. Ah, do you want to do them as we go along or do you want to? As we go along, as we go along. Yeah, for sure. All right. All right. Sounds good. You know, I was thinking about maybe starting to keep track of who's writing and directing each episode just to see if if there's a pattern to um, writers or directors that I really like. I mean, I'm really looking forward to when Jane Espenson starts to write episodes because I know I like her stuff and Marty Knox and. Um, nice. I haven't seen those names yet, but I'm thinking I might start doing that. That's a great idea. So this episode is directed by Ellen Pressman. Okay. And a team of writers, Matt Kine, Joe Rankenmeyer, who I remember from last season, Rob DeHotel, and Dean Batali. So I recognize most of those names from wow. last season. Okay. But that's a that's a great idea. And in the spirit of solidarity with the writers and actors strikes, you know, really valuing their work and giving credit for the amazing things that they do. Yeah. All right. Coolness. Okay. Got a summary, right? I sure do. All right. Here's my summary. Museum Day. Preparing for their two weeks of foreign exchange students, the crew is shown a sacrificed mummy princess. Weird kid Rodney breaks the seal, awakens the mummy, and gets the life sucked out of him. When it is discovered Rodney is missing, the crew go back to the museum, find the broken seal, get attacked by Thomas Rainwater from Yellowstone. So I just have to explain (laughs) the guy, you know, that Uh bodyguard kind of guy plays Thomas Rainwater from Yellowstone. And I'm going to be referring to him as Thomas Rainwater for the rest of this summary and probably for the whole episode. All right. (laughs) Okay. Get attacked by Thomas Rainwater from Yellowstone and discover Rodney is the new mummy. The real Lampada, Buffy's exchange student, gets sucked dry by the Ink Princess, and she takes on his role as Buffy's exchange student. Xander falls hard for new Lampada. The crew tries to get Lampada to translate the seal, but she is cagey. Xander makes moves on Empata, and they are attacked by Thomas Rainwater. <laughs> Again, a.k.a. the bodyguard. Xander asks Empata to the dance. Then Empata kills Thomas Rainwater in the girl's bathroom. He is supposed to keep her dead. He has failed. Giles lets Buffy know Thomas Rainwater's dead. <laughs> they figure out Empata is the mummy. At the dance, Oz from the band takes a shine to Willow. And Empata nearly sucks the life out of Sander. She needs to keep killing peeps to stay alive. Giles almost completes repairing the seal that will imprison Empata, but she breaks it. Empata wants to be with Xander and needs Willow's life force. Xander says to take him instead. She agrees. But Xander holds her off long enough that she desiccates and Buffy breaks her. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, folks, what about Oz and Willow? I'm so excited, and I just yes. can't hide it. I'm so happy Seth Green is on the scene. Nice. And I do think I recognize him. I do think he's, I don't think this is the last we see of him. And uh, yes, this was a good intro. I was very happy to see. I loved it when I was, where, where Oz is asking about her. Uh-huh. And the other band member says, oh, yeah, I think she's a foreign exchange student. No, not that one. <laughs> the one in the parka or whatever. The Eskimo. Eskimo. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, oh, yeah, I was just, I've been waiting. I I love when Seth Green 
joins in season two as a he is a recurring character so okay yay fantastic and i tell you that's seth green i'm not sure he ages no like thomas thomas rainwater thomas rainwater looked much younger in this (laughs) than he does in yellowstone which is present day you know and seth green i'm like dude he looks a little old for a high school student Mm -hmm. but it's like he looks the same age he always has. Hmm. Well, you I know, think. I'm sorry. There was something I was going to look up about that actor, Gil or Gil Birmingham or Thomas Rainwater, as you're calling him. Actually, yes. yesterday was his birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Thomas At Rainwater. At least um, on the day that we're recording this, yesterday okay. was his birthday. Okay. Um. Oh, that's why I he recognized him. He plays, he's in the Twilight Saga. Yes. Saga, 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 tomato, tomato. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, boy, that guy really looks familiar to me. Now I know why. He was really familiar to me as well. Therefore, and I actually, I looked at him and I said, I think he's the guy from Yellowstone. I couldn't remember his name, but then I looked him up and saw that it was Thomas Rainwater. I mean, the character name. And I was like, I love that name. This is what she he shall be called. <laughs> Okay. Is Thomas Rainwater. Well, it's better than I was just looking at one of the web wikis about Buffy and they yes. just call him Peru guy. I mean, I think Thomas <laughs> Rainwater's way better. It is. It is. Okay. Ugh. Okay. Yes. So we got a lot to talk about with this particular episode. So yes, we do. I'm not going to call this it. my favorite. I liked no. the last, I, the, the last episode was really good. And so this one was fine, mm-hmm. but I didn't love it. Well, you know, Monster of the Week. Yeah. And, you know, we've had uh, Frank and Daryl. We've had a lot of vampires. So it's about time we pull in another classic horror trope with the mummy. And frankly, I I wanted Thomas Rainwater to have a bigger part. (laughs) I wanted him to have a bigger part than Empata. But anyway. Well, I think it was pretty, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Pretty common in that era to see very few native actors a good point that is that is true about what did you say thomas rainwater's real name is gil birmingham gil birmingham yes yes and that is a role he plays the leader of the the tribe that anyway in yellowstone he Uh plays that role Uh as, as well so good representation there so yeah but thomas rainerwater should have had a much bigger role because he's super cool yeah yeah i did but this uh, could have been early this could have been early in his acting trajectory i'm not sure yeah i'm not sure when he started broke out um, of the scene into into uh oh here it is on the oh so reliable wikipedia <laughs> Yes. He was in Riptide, or he, at least he may, was in one of the episodes of Riptide, which I never watched, in 1986. Me either. And then he, I don't remember this, from 2002, a series called Body and Soul? Nope. Uh, I don't remember that. He was in 2005 in a Spielberg miniseries called Into the West. Hmm. No, nope, didn't see that. And then, uh, you know, in 2018, he got his... Uh, Chief Thomas Rainwater. Thomas Thomas Rainwater. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he's so he's been, you know, character actor in several other shows. I guess he was in the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh. But I never really watched that because I found her annoying. I saw at least a good bit of that. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Back to Buffy. So <laughs> we have the foreign exchange student. Oh my gosh, cultural appropriation much in this episode. It was a little <laughs> That's painful. What I- jeez (laughs) so we have the cultural exchange program coming up and i did like cordelia's comments about sven before she met him 100 swedish 100 gorgeous 100 staying at my house (laughs) yes i had to have a discussion with myself was like is it really cultural appropriation or is it just cultural appreciation what's the line between appropriation and appreciation and you know yeah (laughs) yeah i i feel like there were there was a whole spectrum there 
right yeah. of appreciation all the way to full-on appropriation <laughs> right well and you know in in anthro terms we talk about diffusion all the time but we talk about acculturation right where the dominant cultures forcing the uh, subordinate cultures to adopt their traits but it is mm-hmm. interesting now that i'm thinking about it when we talk about i mean because cultures have borrowed other cultures traits for as long as we can document mm-hmm. so if a dominant culture is borrowing traits i mean that's kind of what cultural appropriation is about i don't i don't know i mean just because i know that's nothing new i mean we're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of years that people have been borrowing traits from one another mm-hmm. so yeah I don't know. I this is one of the conversations I actually have with myself frequently. I kind of tend to think of cultural appropriation when there's some gain involved. Okay. You know, some kind of monetary gain or but I think my definition of cultural appropriation is probably too narrow for many people. Well, and I feel like some of this costuming was almost caricature. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't seem so much as paying homage to the culture in some cases as mm-hmm. sort of like a Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what struck me a little bit poorly right. in right. some cases. Right. So anyway. Yeah. yeah. Good, to do, good to have the conversation, you know, <laughs> good to be aware and to try to think about how people might feel about it clearly there were a whole bunch of exchange students there <laughs> who were treated with such respect Jeez, cordelia oh my god oh, even xander talking to our mummy early on when oh. she clearly was demonstrating a full command of the english language he was still yes. like with no know, accent be tarzan you janing her you know yeah yeah so Anyway, okay. we're all over the place here. What were, were what scene were we at? So we're we're really <laughs> we're really early on. So I just said the thing about Sven, Cordelia talking about Sven. And oh yeah, Xander is worried about a guy staying at Buffy's, even though she doesn't <sighs> even know what he looks like. You know, Jeez. it was just I. I mean, again, Xander, this trope yeah. has been played out far too far, far too long. Yes. Yes. Talk about overstepping your bounds. You have like absolutely no right. Zero. To, and uh, she's not even, I mean, if she were behaving as Cordelia was, mm-hmm. then at least there'd be some, not grounds, but it'd be like, okay, you know, she's acting like she's into this guy. I mean, she she's like, well, I guess he's a guy. And, and, mm-hmm. and she was just complaining about the fact that they were going to have him. Right. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, Xander, you've stepped, you know, two steps forward, three steps back. More like a dozen steps back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I do think that the Willow's wearing some better clothes in this episode. Yes. Uh, they don't look quite as... Softer side of Sears. Exactly. <laughs> I was trying to put that phrase together because I know I got it wrong last time I said it. <laughs> So thank you for jumping in with the correct phrase. I don't know. It's really burned into my head for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> so we get we get introduced to Rodney Munson, who apparently just growled at a guy. And I had to ask myself the question, does Willow tutor literally everyone? <laughs> I think the answer to that is yes. She yeah. Does. yeah. Did you think that Rodney could have been Sheila's brother? Oh, this did not cross my mind. I thought the actors even kind of looked a little bit alike. And I was like, wow, man, maybe it's Sheila's brother. Oh, my gosh. For that family to. Okay, well, his last name was Munson. Right. Did we ever hear Sheila's last name? I don't think so. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that family is in a world of hurt, losing (laughs) two in as many episodes. But yeah. If they're from the same, there's no, or there's nothing that suggests that they're related. It was just something that popped into my head as I was watching it. I was like, that guy, he kind of looks like Sheila. Okay. 
So now begins some of my questions. Okay, okay. Okay, so we are brought, you know, we hear the curator talking about the Inca exhibit Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. So first of all, uh, just a general question. I know that the Aztecs had some human sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Did the Incas as well? Yes. Okay, okay. So that was at least legitimate that there was human sacrifice. Yes. And did it seem at all true to historical fact about selecting a young girl to sort of be this sacrifice or did that sort of ring true or is that not known? Well, there are a lot of mummies that have been found in the Peruvian highlands some at high out, al- very high altitudes that do look like they were a sacrifice. Okay. Ampada would be too old. Okay. So it was probably a younger girl. And I'm a hundred percent sure that they're riffing on an actual archaeological find oh. from 1995. And it is of a young girl she's like i think 10 or 11 or something like that oh um, i don't have this stuff memorized so i'm gonna that's okay notes here real quick and she was found or the the mummy was found on mount ampato oh in southern peru and she's sometimes referred to as the lady of ampato oh. or the inca ice maiden or Juanita. Hmm. And again, oh, well, anyway, between 11 and 14 years old, excuse me. Okay. Uh, and we know from the Spanish accounts from when they arrived that children were sacrificed because of their purity. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of some of the preferred people. Whether they were royal is a little bit up for debate. They do know the mummies that they have found in kind of these sacrificial contexts were pretty well fed because, of okay. course, with the um, they either just desiccated the bodies or freeze dried them kind of because it's such a high altitude. Mm-hmm. So that preserves a lot of stuff. And so they can do quite a few different kinds of tests wow. on, on the remains to find things out. And it does appear, particularly for Winita, that she's pretty well fed, which does suggest. She was either of a higher station or there's also the possibility that a child was chosen when they were very young and then very well taken care of. Batted calf. Basically, yes. So we don't know for sure because a lot of like royal burials, which most royals, again, according to the Spanish conquistadors, were mummified, but the Spanish rampaged through and burned them all Mm. because they used to bring out. Now, this I did know without having to go back and double check. The They would bring the mummies out on very special occasions. Mm. And, you know, the, the rituals and stuff would go on while the mummy was out. And they would, you know, bring food and stuff for the mummy. So mm-hmm. I think if you, you know, the Spanish saw this kind of stuff and they're like, well, you know, one of the ways that we can undermine the society is to take get rid of all this stuff that has ritual meaning to them mm-hmm. and of course unites the community together so yeah they got some stuff kind of right but they got some stuff wrong as well mm-hmm. <laughs> number one i have never ever heard of the inca using sarcophagi like they show her in okay nor would they have put straw or boring textiles like they had her in because hmm. the inca well and actually the proving highlands in general even way prior to the inca are known for these magnificent textiles that they would make wow in fact one article i was reading referred to mummies wrapped in sumptuous textiles and they would have, yeah, they would often, and in fact, the um, Ampato, Juanita mummy, 
was in a pretty fine textile with stripes and mm. was uh, had like a belt and so forth around. And most mummies were not in a full, like a full laid out position, but they were flexed hmm. either into like a, well, like a fetal position, right? With the knees up to the chin. And, and many of mm-hmm. them were often found almost like sitting up with their knees up to their chest. Ah. And and they were usually in bundles. So the body would get, you know, dressed in finery with textiles. And then they would often like pack it around with cotton, wrap it up <laughs> in another textile, and then which was really fancy and they're called mummy bundles. And many of the mummy bu- mummy bundles had multiple mummies in them. And so wow. yeah. And I was really curious about the iconography, so I was paying pretty close attention to that. And 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 some of it's a crude representation of it, but I I think I know what they were going for in some of it. But I'm going to come back to that in for a later scene because there's something okay. I want to bring up in particular. And was this god Sebenkaya was was did that was that a real no. Inca figure, okay. No, but there is a, a a mountain named that. Okay, okay. So so even though there there really isn't like a mountain god per se, they like they have a creator god whose name I can't pronounce, and then they have a sun god like S U N named Inti, mm-hmm. who is actually the more important deity, and I'm going to return to Inti later. But they don't really have a mountain god per se. They do have sacred places and and kind of, I don't know if I want to, no, I'm not going to include beings in this, but like sacred places like mountains are called huacas. And so that mountain that that god is they supposedly named would have been a sacred place for... Okay many of the highland cultures that arose in the andes okay okay thus endeth the lecture okay (laughs) so also i was disturbed that this mummy was just exposed to open air yeah that would be very very bad okay because once exposed because there's you know less oxygen the, uh, the extreme cold temperatures inhibit the growth of bacteria. And the minute you expose any type of organic material to mm-hmm. aerobic conditions, which means lots of oxygen, things are going to start to decay really quickly. And that's why Utsi, do you know who Utsi is? Have you heard of Utsi, the Iceman? Uh, once you put it with Iceman, perhaps, but I don't know it well. Yeah, so this was an individual found in the Alps, and they had to pretty quickly get him back into an anaerobic environment because, mm. I mean, the decay started immediately. Wow. Yeah. So, yes, that was also shocking. And I knew Munson was going to get involved. And mm-hmm. so, of course, Munson, the doofus, breaks the seal. Yeah. I said, I said, Munson broke the seal. Now Inca Princess is going to break Munson. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. I'm going to back it up just a little bit and give you a trivia question from the museum. Oh, my gosh. Okay. 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 Name one of the two dinosaur skeletons in the <gasps> background of the museum, or it's in the museum. Entrance. Kind of at the beginning there yeah. while they're walking by. I yeah. think one of them is a triceratops. Yes. Nice. I Very don't know good. what the other one is. T-Rex. Oh, geez. Who knew that I'd but I saw the three horns. Yes. Yes. So Yay. <laughs> good question. Good. I'm glad the question wasn't named both. But, <laughs> but T-Rex is one I might have guessed just because it's a common dinosaur. But right. I knew one of them was was the Triceratops. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. So let's see. What have we got next? Training back at the library? <laughs> Giles. Oh, my gosh. Oh, he is constantly. We really should have at some point 
and it doesn't really apply to this. Does it apply? Yes, maybe it does apply to this episode. Like how many times does Giles get knocked out? <laughs> Giles yes. consciousness watch. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we're on at least number two or three. Oh yeah. gosh, yeah. At least, at least. But I do like when, you know, he's like, you can't go to the dance and blah, 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 blah. And then yeah. she gives him that look and, he's, yeah. and she gets ready to kick him. And he's like, you can go, okay, you can go. Yep. <laughs> yep. I've written, she's a good kicker. And <laughs> some of that did seem to be Sarah Michelle. Yeah. Well, she not was a trained in the martial arts. She, I think, nice. I don't know if it was karate or some other type of martial art, but she had that training, which is one of the reasons she got the, the job. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I did like her slaying and tail sacrifice. Oh, I know this one. Slaying and tail certain sacrifices, blah, blah, bitty, blah. I'm so stuffy. Give me a scone. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I like that too. Yes. But it, I was so sad. Willow looked so sad. Oh, but you know what? Xander could have said worse things. Yeah. I really, it's, it's probably important for willow to hear it mm -hmm. you know uh, it, it is just it is how xander feels mm -hmm. and he does love her he mm -hmm. is I, I mean i couldn't fault xander here that right. is exactly how he feels right and i'm sorry it hurt willow but maybe she just needs to hear it out of his mouth mm -hmm. well and it can't be a big surprise to her yes but knowing it on one level is very different from actually hearing it from that person yeah yeah but yeah she just looks so crushed and i'm like poor willow but oz yeah yeah oz he, 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 xander doesn't deserve her no gotta move she's got to be able to move on mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was kind of funny that xander willow and buffy are all joking about exactly what happened to rodney i know <laughs> They should know better than to make those kind of jokes, living on the hellmouth and all. So then back at the museum, mm -hmm. I I have written, holy, holy cow, who is this guy? Mm -hmm. And it was Thomas Rainwater. <laughs> and um, let's see. So Xander jumps on his back and then Thomas Rainwater kind of disappears back into the shadows. And I was like, how the heck did Thomas Rainwater get, get around here? He's clearly kind of alive and well where what's mm -hmm. he where how's he mysteriously appearing in and out of being we know empata is this mummy there right, right. but thomas rainwater I, I, I was a gawk I, i'm not really sure how he pulled it off but it was impressive he was just oh. suddenly suddenly here then gone yeah yeah I, I did note somewhere, I don't remember which actual scene it was. I was like, where is museum security? This museum has the worst security ever. Yes. Because we're and not talking about um, what's Tom Cruise's character's name in Mission Impossible? Ethan something? No idea. Anyways, we're not talking about that kind of stealth to get into museums. This is the Scooby gang. <laughs> And we just take yeah. the pieces of the broken seal with them. No I one's know. noticed the mummy now has braces. No one's noticed the seal is now broken. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm totally with you on this museum security. And even yeah. surely there are local intelligentsia who are investigating, you know, or mm -hmm. looking at this mummy, this mm -hmm. traveling, I don't know, exhibit. So yeah. anyway, that was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I have oh, I had big problems with that. I mean, I, when I was in Mexico working on a project, uh, when I was traveling with a friend and they had found, I don't know, maybe like a half dollar shard or shirt, yes. pottery shirt, you know, mm -hmm. and they were going to try to sneak it back. And I was like, put that down. You are not mm -hmm. taking it. And I'm talking like a half a dollar piece of pottery, <laughs> mm -hmm. half a dollar mm -hmm. size. And, uh, and this was like one third of this antiquity and i'm like oh giles i don't like this i don't like it yeah yep i can't disagree <laughs> oh god so let's see what have you got next what do i have next i have comments about you know being done with xander and his jealousy crap mm -hmm. and what else do i have 
Oh, I had a little bit of a problem with the assumption that Ampato would be able to translate the seal just because she's from South America. Like South America is one cultural entity. Monolithic. Monolanguage. (laughs) When, you know, in the Highlands alone, there are multiple dialects and languages. And I was like, okay. So I, I didn't have that particular problem. And while I'm on the con or the topic of language, I was super uncomfortable when they're at the bus station and Xander's like, the only Spanish I know is Doritos and Chihuahua. Uh, yeah. I was like, Ugh, really painful. It was very painful and annoying AF. <laughs> Xander was pretty painful this whole episode, honestly. Oh, yeah. When isn't he most of the time? I know. Because... I'm sorry to say this is a common a common characteristic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there are a great many things that happen that are not Buffy's fault, right? There are right. many things she gets blamed for that is are really not her fault. But her being 45 minutes late to pick up someone who has never been to this place before and that end up resulting in his death (laughs) yeah yeah i gotta i gotta put a little fault on buffy here for not getting there closer to on time (laughs) and for two people who are a little bit anal about being on time or even a little early (laughs) yes that is a huge behavioral fault yes and boy if i were being picked up by somebody in a foreign country mm-hmm. and i was waiting there for 45 minutes having no idea where they were at night yeah at the bus station the bus station so shame on you buffy for this yes and wouldn't have i mean it seems like the exchange program would have arranged for maybe a lot of students to be on that bus or no doubt even having a representative from the exchange program at the bus station. Yes. Yep. All true. I was not pleased with it, but we quickly lose real Ampata and are replaced by fake Ampata. Mm-hmm. And really the, the guy's name would not have been Ampata. Mm. It would have been Ampato. Mm. Because again, masculine, feminine language. Those endings are revelatory. Yep. Oh, well. Okay. So, yes, here's my comment. Xander, her English is so good. You don't need to act like she doesn't understand. Yes. Talking very slow yeah. and deliberate. And, like, dropping the articles and, mm-hmm. I don't know, mm-hmm. again, me, Tarzan, you, Jane, I just... Oh. Your English is bueno her english sander is better than yours that's absolutely correct (laughs) that's absolutely correct yeah so i guess my next thing is actually (laughs) cordelia talking to devon uh do you have anything before that no okay so yes cordelia's got yet a new another new one and in this devon chap and Sven is not what Cordelia was expecting, but poor Sven. <laughs> they don't even speak American. Oh, my gosh. Right. Also painful. <laughs> but then, so th- that's when I saw Oz. And did you get the reference that Oz said about when he was, you know, Devin says something like, you're so picky or something. Anyway, I think there was a, I should have written it down. I, there was some reference that Oz makes as they're kind of going into the van, but I, I, all I could track down was that it was a song, but I didn't know why it had anything to do with a feather boa. Oh, I got the reference. I know exactly what you're talking about because I, I mean, I wrote it down because he's like, yes. Well, it involves a feather ball and the theme of a summer place. I can't discuss it. Which is a song, right? I assume. I know a summer place is a film, so he's got to be talking about music from that. Uh, And I'm just looking up. I meant to do this before, but I've got it up now. Um, From 1959, 
American romantic drama film based on Sloan Wilson's 1958 novel of the same name. A summer, but it sounds so familiar. I wonder if the YouTube would be enlightening in this case. A summer place. A summer. That is. Percy Faith? A summer place theme. So I wonder if we're trying to lay some groundwork that Oz. Oh, you would recognize Watched it. old movies. Okay. Could be. Okay. So the theme from a summer place is. Oh, yes. I got it. Yeah. Well done. I Thank got you. it. <laughs> Thank y'all. Thank y'all. So that's an interesting choice. (laughs) Yes. For a teenage boy in 1990s. But But but, he's he's a unique individual. Yes. And so I guess that that does help lay that groundwork. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. My next note is I can't believe they just took the seal from the museum. <laughs> Broke it or no, you just walk out with it. I mean, yeah. what? That's gotta be like, I don't know the different degrees of theft, but I would assume yeah. from a museum, it'd be pretty high. Like you'd grand larceny. So. You'd think, you'd think it'd be something bad. Yeah. I don't know. Giles. Yeah. Bad Giles, bad adults. What kind of example are you setting for those young, impressionable children? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and before you ask, I've never heard any legends about Inca mummies needing bodyguards or anything like that. Okay. Okay. Glad to thank you for interjecting as much. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't kind of figure anything out earlier because Ampata is acting so sus. Very sus. She's very, yes, very sketchy. Xander and his man purse. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Xander and his That man makes purse. another appearance. And Where then he keeps all his Twinkies, I guess. Uh, sharing Twinkies with the new girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, of all the American food you can share, yeah. you pick the food that's not even a food. Well, it's totally Xander. I mean, mm-hmm. I cannot be surprised. Mm-hmm. I've, and then I've just written... Xander is strange. <laughs> I do kind of like his line in that scene where he's like, don't, don't learn English from me. <laughs> At least he's occasionally self-aware. Occasionally, yes. I think perhaps as he gets older, he gets more self-aware, but most people do. Yeah. And we are interrupted here by Thomas Rainwater once again. <laughs> <laughs> Appearing out of nowhere, I mean, I could have, I think I would have enjoyed more information about Thomas Rainwater's role. They did not do that. They killed him off. Yeah. It's not like there's a magician's box that he can pop out of. (laughs) I know. It really was very mysterious. Yeah. How did he get around? Right out the thin air, man. Exactly. Exactly. So Xander's taking him pot of the dance. Mm-hmm. And- I noticed something in that scene between Buffy and Will that I've never really paid attention to before. Lay it on it, me. And it comes comes back, I think, in a future episode. And this could have been my trivia question, but do you recall Willow was kind of fiddling around with the little stuffed animal? Yes. I think it was, it was green. It yeah. might have been a frog. A frog. That comes back. Okay. And I was like, oh, I never caught that before. Okay. Okay. I did. I did notice her playing after our stuffed animal discussion last yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. And I love when they're talking and, you know, she's like, well, you know, I have a choice. I can spend my life waiting for Xander to go out with every other girl in the world until he notices me. Or I can just get on with my life. Good for you. Well, I didn't choose yet. Yes. And I was like, just Willow, I hope you're moving on. You got to move on. Yeah. First first a praying mantis, now a mummy. Yeah. I did like the under asked and thought of that. Are you a praying mantis? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I would have been like, "Uh, should I take that as a sign that this guy's uh, mooey loco, as Xander might say? Mm hmm. 
But anyway, go ahead. Just then we lose Thomas Rainwater. Mm-hmm. She sucks the life right out of her bodyguard. I'm mm-hmm. that. See this. I just couldn't come up with a good name for the guy. And so that's why I stuck with Thomas mm-hmm. Rainwater. <laughs> that's fine with me because I was okay. just calling him museum guy. Okay. <laughs> or okay. the bodyguard as, as you mentioned earlier. So yep. I did think it was interesting. So you know, there's a lot of parallels that are obviously drawn between Ampata and Buffy's life. 100%. I mean, it was so much one. though. It was so much so I was almost like, was she a slayer before she got sacrificed? But uh, uh, no, just yeah. just all the very similar burdens. Yeah, exactly. So you do feel for the princess. I mean, no doubt the mummy, sure. no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's sad when you when all your choice is taken from you. Yeah, a hundred percent. But that still doesn't excuse you sucking the life out of people. <laughs> right. Right. And it seems like she's got to do it on a pretty pretty regular clip. Yeah. Not good. Mm-hmm. Agreed. What do you have next? I mean, I guess we're up to Buffy's bedroom, right? With Buffy yes. and Alada are there. And oh, well, yes. that's where we get some more of these parallels, right? Because Ampata is talking about Buffy always t- thinking of others before herself. And then she tells mm-hmm. the story about the princess. And uh, although I do have a hard time when these European royalty terms are used to talk about people of high status in other cultures. <laughs> I mean, I understand why it's done because it's easier to use the terminology that... Uh, people are familiar with but anyways that's another rant for another time fair so anyways i totally lost where i was at oh um yeah i think it's weird that buffy offers to unpack her bags on potas yes yes i I couldn't help thinking never in my entire life did anybody unpack for me or and I have never offered to unpack for anybody. <laughs> Nor would I consider it no. unless they asked me. They were like, "I mean, I, I will help get carry up. bags to rooms." Oh, sure, but I don't want to be touching other people's stuff because I don't want them touching mine. Yeah, no, I'm with you on this. I would, I would need to be asked for mm-hmm. some reason mm-hmm. of disability sort of situation mm-hmm. in the moment to do yeah. that. It just seem it's, it seems very private. It seems like kind of a private thing. Yeah. But yeah. Just me. And the first time I saw Xander's costume, I thought it was like Patagonian gaucho wear. Right. But he refers to it as something Italian, doesn't he? I don't know. I was starting to block Xander out. <laughs> <laughs> I could figure out what Impata's costume was supposed to be. Yeah. It's more Egyptian to me than anything else. And then Cordelia clearly just wanted to essentially wear a bikini. Yeah. <laughs> and Willow. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. <laughs> With the spear and everything. Mm-hmm. She was ready that, to. Yeah, that had to have been a hot costume, man. Oh, my gosh. Definitely. Now, before we get any further, and I'm afraid this is not a very good trivia question, but it's just what, I I don't know. I didn't want to ask about any of the Inca stuff because I'm like, she's an expert. I can't, I'm not going to get any satisfaction here. So I was a little lost, but anyway. Okay. And actually, if Oz sticks around for a while, this might be even easier because maybe this comes up a lot. What is the name of the band? Dingo's Ate My Baby. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It was on the drum. And so I was yeah. like, I rewound it and I was like, oh, that's a great name. But I now was, that I know Oz is coming back, maybe this band comes back regularly. They do. Okay. I was going to ask you what color the drum set was. <laughs> oh. It's a pretty hmm. blue color. Okay. Okay. No. Here I took a good look at what was on the front of it, but <laughs> didn't catch the color. Yeah. Yeah, Dingo's Ate My Baby. I have a little bit of problem with that, too. I know they mean it to be funny. Mm-hmm. But since it's based on a true story, or at least... Which, wasn't claim, there a movie made of that? I think so. Yeah, I think so, too. I think Where so. I think the line, a Dingo Ate My Baby, came from. 
Well, I think the line actually comes from the woman who made that call to the uh, uh, the authorities in Australia. Oh, so it wasn't the mother? Well, no, yeah, the mom of the baby. So could that be exactly what she said was a dingo ate my baby? Yes. Yeah. So I think I think when people imitate it uh-huh. in an accent, I, I think it may have been from that movie it was there a movie um maybe i'm see. making that up oh oh it, okay here we go evil like, angels evil angels yeah are you looking at wikipedia yeah me too where oh and meryl streep is in it oh my gosh so she's perhaps the one people are imitating yeah probably probably i mean yeah, i remember I... hearing about this in the 80s hmm I mean, the actual case in Australia. And of course, the courts rejected it, but still. Hmm. Still. All right. Okay. Well, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. What do I have up here next? Oh, I know. I did write down that when they're at Buffy's house, right? Giles shows up. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything before this scene? No. Okay. And then Giles is up in Buffy's room. And we know Joyce is home. Creepy. What is going on there? Come on. Of course, we've had a discussion before about Joyce not hearing stuff. <laughs> yes. And what And what I know from, you know, future seasons is that her bedroom's right at the top of the stairs. She must have the best soundproof bedroom ever. Oh, my gosh. Ever. Yeah. Yeah, and Giles, you do not go into a teenage girl's room. I don't care if she is the slayer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's a big creep factor there. Mm-hmm. A little step back there for Giles, who had been getting rid of his creep factor. <laughs> it's right back. Mm-hmm. Right r- registering right back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I did have to laugh when Buffy says, How about this one? What kind of girl travels with a mummified corpse? And doesn't even pack a lipstick. I laughed yes. because I was like, well, I would. And I know a lot of people. <laughs> 100%. Buffy just doesn't know us. She doesn't know us. <laughs> or perhaps this entire part of the country. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, at some point, if I had, you know, really stuck with active field work, that could have been a situation that I found myself in. <laughs> well, it's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Traveling with a mummified corpse and no lipstick. <laughs> That's right. That that is the le- that is the thing that happens, <laughs> perhaps more rarely than not traveling with li- traveling without lipstick. Yeah, yeah. That's a very niche thing. <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting. Ampata is almost another type of vampire, right? Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. one could argue, it does seem that the personality changes so much that when a vampire creates another vampire, that new vampire isn't isn't really the person they were before. And so you could argue that the original person is dead. Mm-hmm. And in this case, there's this... <laughs> intermingling of life force or whatever and but this is air instead of blood but also sucks the life out of the person and they are literally left dead a a husk of themselves did you notice i don't know if you noticed in the scene where umpata's coming out of the bathroom after she had sucked the life out of uh thomas rainwater Uh uh-huh uh-huh did you notice how rosy her cheeks looked yes it looked like I know she was putting on lipstick, right. but it looked like her whole face had been done. Yeah. And I, I think I think it was to indicate just overflowing with life force because right. she just killed Thomas Rainwater. Right. Yeah. OK. What do you got next? Uh, nice. Oz likes Willow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After she's really leaving a trail of corpses. But. <laughs> Yes, I I'm liking and and Willow just blows it immediately. But I think Oz is going to persevere. Hmm. Hmm. So we have 
boring stuff with Ampata and Sandra. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I say something. Oh, yeah. I say Ampata does not. I hope Ampata does not suck the life out of Xander. But do I really hope <laughs> she doesn't? Because <laughs> he's he's killing me right now. <laughs> well, she doesn't. She manages to refrain. This time. He is in love after 24 hours. I mean, I have met a couple of people where... It was like zing, zang, zowie. But I would have never said I'm in love after 24 hours. Have you ever had the zing, zang, zowie moment? Yeah. At least a zing and a zang. I don't know about a zowie. (laughs) Oh, the zowie (laughs) is good. (laughs) Not sure about the zowie. But maybe I'm colored by, by events that transpired post Sing Sang Sally. <laughs> Where yeah. the dream was broken. <laughs> yeah, I don't think at least my experience is Sing Sang Sally doesn't last, but it's fun while it's there. <laughs> Fair. Fair. So anyhow. Well, I don't know who said it, but somebody said mummy dearest. And <laughs> that's pretty good. I think I missed that. Could I have made that up? Was is this my pun? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> what I don't scene, think so. What scene are you talking about? I don't think so. I think somebody must have. So what I have right before that is that cowboy looks like creepy Colin. It's not. It's the cowboy that she eventually puts in the closet and almost kills. So I said the cowboy looks like creepy Colin. Then mummy dearest, and then way to go, Sven. So. It's right before I think Sven is talking to somebody and he can totally speak English and he's Cordelia's driving him nuts as much as she's driving him. She's, uh, yeah, you know, might have to go back. I, I must have heard it. I didn't, but that doesn't mean anything. It, yeah. I could have totally missed it. Yeah. Well, what do you have next? So here's the scene I wanted to talk about a little bit. So Ampata is backstage with the, well, I just called him Savari guy, but I know who he is. Yes, uh, I have. I looked up his name because he looked really familiar. Danny Strong? Yes. Yeah. And and he makes a lot of appearances. So he's one of the students of Sunnydale that we see more of. So he becomes a recurring character. But occasional character, at least for a while he's he's who i referred to as the cowboy ah <laughs> uh, i was calling him safari guy okay but anyway probably you know there's that scene and you they're silhouetted silhouetted uh, silhouetted against that bright yellow golden light yes you remember what i said about inti yes earlier so the Inca people all think that they're descendants of Inti, the sun deity. Mm. And so there they have that huge golden sunlighty looking stuff behind Ampata and Jonathan, which is Danny Strong's character. Yes. Which I thought was a nice reference to, that... the, uh, you know, Incan theology. I am almost... Uh, I. It's hard. I, I'm like, did that happen by accident? I'm, I'm almost. I dare I give that much credit, but <laughs> I think we do. That's well, really awesome. I might not have if they hadn't gotten some of the other iconography correct in some Got cases it. and very, very close in others. Okay, so that's cool. That's yeah. cool. So yeah. you think they've earned it? I think they earned it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even with all the cultural appropriation going on, there I think there are some references that they've got right. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to mention that. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. So, I just... I Giles must be the worst puzzle person. <laughs> I he's like reading it to put it in the right place. I'm like Giles, there's three pieces. <laughs> it could just be plain pottery and you yeah. should be able to use your rubber cement there and get the three pieces together. It was yes. just ridiculous. 
if only I had had broken pottery that was in those in that shape. three <laughs> three pieces with no other artifacts nearby, right? So you yeah. know all three of these pieces go to this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all right in front of you. Yeah. No mistake. Yeah. I was just remembering this. I was trying to reconstruct this pot one time. Oh gosh. I didn't even get anywhere near done with it. And how long was I in graduate school? Years. I mean, I only worked on it, I think, a couple of years, but we weren't even close to getting it done when I left. Wow. Yeah. There, there it's difficult in reality. I would have done a dance of joy if I would have found a pot that was in those big pieces that you could easily three, put back together. Three pieces yeah. all by themselves. No yeah. confusion. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, uh, and Pata's pretty strong. She just kind of whips Giles into the <sighs> sarcophagus. Yeah, she is. And then Buffy, she's like flicks her with a without much effort into the yeah. sarcophagus on top of Giles. Oh my gosh, I had not put that together that Giles was already in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But now that you say it, <laughs> threw Buffy in on top of Giles. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I had not I had not so Giles, you have Turned about back at me because just as you should have been able to put those three shards together, I should have been able to know that Buffy got thrown on top of you. <laughs> I did wonder in this scene. So you know that there's a life force sucking mummy. Yes. In the room. Do you really run into it without any kind of care in the world? Speaking right. of Willow here. Yes. Right. Right. And Willow's smart. We mm -hmm. expect more. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> but if I knew there was a life force sucking mummy in a room, I would not just carelessly run in. Well, let me be clear. I'm not brave enough to be one of these teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> I would have caved at the first encounter. So <laughs> I'd have been scarred for life long ago. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised what you can do in situations sometimes. Well, I like, I like that you think that for me. That's great. That mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And once again, I ask, where the hell is museum security? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, golly. Gross. Her arms came off. Yeah. No, they didn't. <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. Xander is just going to be scarred for life. I mean, it is true. He really knows how to pick them. He does. He does. And, of course, we hear him whining about it in the last scene. Yeah. Which I actually found that scene, there was a weird moment between Xander and Buffy. It was really uncomfortable. Mm. Did you catch it? Did you think so? I did not catch it. Mm. They, they give a weird look to one another, and then I'm like, that's uncomfortable. Stop mm. it. Again, there was a point in time when I sort of shut Xander off. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't take anymore. <laughs> all right, that's and, kind of all I have. What, do you, what, yeah. what are you going to say? Well, I end with what about Willow and Oz? I mean, these uh, were the kinds of questions I needed answers to. Forget Xander <laughs> and his ennui. I wanted to know about Willow and Oz. <laughs> So that was my last, that was my last note. Gotcha. Well, our next episode is called Reptile Boy. Oh, goodness. Wonder if we'll see another Triceratops. <laughs> <laughs> another monster of the week. But okay. I'm super excited. That's, that's episode five. That's our next one. But I okay. cannot wait until we get to episode six. Nice. Okay. So if if I had my druthers, we would skip episode five and go right okay. to episode six. But I okay. think, you know, for the for the listeners, we probably shouldn't skip. Agreed. And episode five. With, with my tendencies, I can't skip either. <laughs> it has to be a complete set. <laughs> All righty then. So thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. See you next time. Wallowing in the Shallows is created and produced by the both of us. Edited by Mo. 
the soundtrack for the Wallowing in the Shallows, Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2 Rewatch is Apache Rock Instrumental by Sound Atelier, available on Jumendo.com. You can send us feedback at witstvpod at gmail.com. That's W-I-T-S-T-V-P-O-D at gmail.com. Subscribe. And then subscribe. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Like and subscribe.